I want to taste you. Your girth in the back of my mouth. Hold bliss in both hands. Kiss it. Feed feelings of desire. Crave your spirits inside me. Make ugly faces. Lips parting less. Spit dripping on walls. Tickling my tonsils. Hands pressed happily. Giving thanks for you. Dick salaciously sinful. Tongue licks skin. Head spinning. Click glistening with wetness. Seeping secrets through naughty worship. Urges. Sir, yes, sir, please bend my pussy in submission and have your way with me. Black and Kinky Podcast. Come on, y'all. Get nasty with me. Hey, 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 y'all. This is Kai, my love. Kai Rishi, too much woman for this world and all of those things. And I'm here with a brand new podcast called Black and Kinky because you know, we hella black and we get hella kinky. And my first guest, my honorable guest, my inaugural guest, my cherry popping guest <laughs> is none other than Dr. Nikki Knows. So um, uh, please tell us what you want us to call you and uh, a little bit about yourself, including your pronouns. Thank you so much for having me, Kyrie. She, um, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is like, I want to be called Vixen, but I don't really know if that's where we want to go. I like that. <laughs> I feel like that is my alter ego. Um, yes, but, like if you were a stripper. <laughs> yes. Heard that. Definitely two X's. Definitely V I X X E N for sure. <laughs> yes. Why XX? Explain the XX does. Because I feel like it's like uh, ghetto elegance, like it's a little bit of extra for no good reason, but it's also really classy. Like, yes, ghetto elegant. <laughs> you should know, no shit, you should market that as a t-shirt. Like that should be a line of your t-shirts, ghetto elegance. <laughs> I love that. I love it. Um, and my pronouns are she, her, and hers. Thank you for asking. Yes. So tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you do in the world? Oh my gosh. So let me tell you, I'm gonna tell y'all, Karishi and her her like behind the scenes um organizational stuff. She had all of these like aspirational, open-ended, like interpret open to interpretation questions. I'm like, what you want me to say? What is this question? <laughs> you gonna get it. Wanna, you gonna do I them open open-endedness things. I know. So who am I or what do I do? Which one did you ask? I want to know both. Who are you? Okay. What you do in the world? Oh my gosh, who am I? I am a black woman who is trying to figure it out day in and day out, who uh tries to give as much grace to those around her as she wants for herself. Um, I am an optimist, uh, hopeless romantic. Mm. Um, a highly sexual being, a um, midlife Gen Xer. Mm. I'm a mom. Um, I am a woman going through perimenopause. Say that. Uh, I'm, an, I'm a entrepreneur. Um, I'm a I'm a healer. I'm a therapist. Um, I'm a coach. Sometimes uh, I'm a medium. Um, I'm a spiritual chick. What is? Can you tell us a little bit about the medium piece? Yeah. So uh, it is not infrequent. Um, especially the more that I do work in the therapy realm and my work with, um, my clientele are 
almost exclusively Black women. Mm. Um, but there are oftentimes and have been throughout my lifetimes where I just know something without knowing how I know it. And it is um, scarily accurate for the other person that I am sharing it with. And I feel compelled to share it with them. Um, and it's always meaningful. And yeah. I've come to, to know the difference between that being um, based in my like expertise and clinical experience and that being based in my ability to be open to spirit, ancestors, whoever there is. Um, and the more that I embrace that as just what it is, the easier it becomes for me to do that. So um, I used to, when I first started graduate school, and people, you know, in graduate school to be a therapist, you have to be, it's a technical skill. You have to like mm -hmm. justify why you're making cer certain interventions and why did you ask that question there and what made you share that feedback there? And there were times I was like, I don't know, I just did because I knew, but I was like, let me see how I can come up with something <laughs> to make it seem like this has something to do with psychology. Um, but the, you know, the, the more that I lean into my, um, expertise and like really my zone of genius and just own that this is sort of who I've been purposed to be the more that piece sort of naturally shows up for me I heard that you, you, it's interesting and we'll get back to like um I think I interrupted your what you do in the world well you kind of said it well yeah we'll get back there but what I was thinking because you were naming all of this stuff about um being a healer and a, a therapist and a coach and but you also were saying that you are a highly sexual being. And so one of the things that came up for me was like, oh, what does it mean to be a highly sexual being? And then if I don't know any better, I might not see the connection between the, the therapy, healing, sexuality, um, spirituality, and then the sexuality. So where mm. how do those line up? Oh my God. That's such a great question. Cause that it's a great question. Cause I, you just made me realize that there's probably things that I take for granted about how I situate mm -hmm. myself in the world and think about things that I'm like, people probably should know that, <laughs> mm -hmm. but it seems so natural to me. Um, so certainly coming from, and the reason why I use the word spiritual is because I am really resistant to sort of push back up against dogmatic sort of religious, any doctrine, right? And so really leaning into um, Western, I mean, leaning against Westernized sort of Christian ideals and leaning into um, more African spirituality. And really when you start to look at native cultures of brown folks across the globe, there's way more similarities around how to see the world and be in the world, right? Than, than sort of the Christian point of view. And for that, there's not this set of like rules of prescription around what's good and what's bad, what's right and what's wrong. There's more of this concept of that what is for you is for you and that you could show up in certain ways, Tyreshi, and it'd be totally acceptable because it's in alignment with who you are and what you're purposed to be and how you need to show up for yourself. That is totally taboo for me. So coming from that perspective, that takes all the sort of morality off of, off of sex and allows me to look at sex, pleasure, eroticism, connection, intimacy from a spiritual lens. It is, mm -hmm. it is one way in which we are able to be embodied on this mm -hmm. planet to experience 
sometimes even a spiritual um, connection, right? To have an elevated consciousness experience Mm -hmm. um, for us to be able to connect with one another in ways that feel really um, uh, enlightened and beautiful and pleasurable and orgasmic. Um, It allows you to experience your body in a way that can be playful and curious and adventurous that has nothing to do with performance or um, outcomes or expectations. So it can be all of those things. And all of those things contribute to your ability to feel that you are living an optimal life that is in alignment, that is authentic, that is joyful, that allows you to be even clear headed, that allows you to be in connection and community and intimate love with other bodies and other people. So for me, they all sort of go together. And then I guess the other piece I would add is like from the psychology lens, right? Um, I got, I was trained as a psychologist. I trained other psychologists. Mm-hmm. We don't talk openly about sex. It's this thing that's over there. You might get like one or two specialty classes in it and, or you can pursue a certification post-graduate school, mm-hmm. but it's not stuff that's brought into the therapeutic space as just another part of one person's well-being. And that means that there's a lot of people that get to adulthood, middle age, Mm -hmm. and they have never had space to really think about themselves as a sexual being without shame, without judgment, without morality, that there are things happening in their body in terms of their own sexuality and pleasure that they can't access, they don't understand, they bastardize or distort, they shy away from. And I really sort of... uh, take it personally to create a space where specifically black women get to look at all of that mm-hmm. without shame, without judgment, and, and, and hopefully in a way that brings transformation for them to go out and like get some good sex and have a whole lot of orgasms and do some really freaky shit. Um, Cause that just makes life better. Like I don't like to me, it's just like, why would you not want all of the things of life? Like, and sex is for sure on the table. I heard that. You know, it, it, as you were talking, the thing that came up for me is often when a woman is being penetrated, people, um, I hear more so from um, men that are having, you know, having heterosexual uh, sex with um, with women, but often what you hear is this idea of um, her coming up, her breaking out into tears. Her mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and them getting freaked out and what I and as you were talking I was thinking you know that is you know guys freak out because and I said maybe the maybe in a, a same-sex relationships or whatever uh or non-binary whatever that is alternative sexual relationships that women have um those people are better informed on how to hold it or hold it differently, right? Um, possibly, or maybe I just don't have enough conversations with them. But what I hear from men often is freaking out because they're like, oh, they make it about them. And I'm like, she could break in, into tears because you've tapped into a place in her that is like a God place that has absolutely nothing to do with you. And that's where the release is. Yeah. So so what I would say in terms of like... um different gender expressions and, and um, sexual orientations. I think that for me, the the theme is always about patriarchy. The more that you buy into a patriarchal perspective that 
um, masculinity is a dominant force and then requires femininity to be submissive and that you feel threatened around femininity, regardless of your gender identity or expression, then you're going to probably have some sort of messed up worldviews. Um, but yes, and I, I think that that example says also a whole lot about how much our socialization and psychology about sex and particularly for black women as sexual beings is right there in the bedroom all the time. Like, like it's not just about how to suck a dick the right way or how to ride a dick the right way. It is really up here in this psychological space. And, and the tears could be a variety of things. The tears might be, I've experienced something in myself that I didn't know I could release and let go. Or maybe I'm not even consciously aware of what's being let go, but I had some shit I had to release and there was no other way for me to get to it but this way. Maybe I feel so erotically transcendent. I don't, my body doesn't have another way of processing this. Yes, 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 yes. Like it could be a whole lot of other things that ain't got nothing to do with you. <laughs> yes, yes. Other than you are penetrating me. <laughs> you're 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 the here in the body in the now right yes. but you're the and, tool and got you me. are the tool and this is one of the things that i also really promote like all the time everywhere is that women are really responsible everybody but obviously from my perspective you are responsible for your pleasure like you are responsible for your erotic life mm -hmm. e e your partner can't do all the things for you. It has to be an interplay, right? And optimally, both people are trying to bring the most pleasure to the other. But that also means that you're fully responsible for knowing what you want, how to how to sort of um, advocate for that, what you don't want, what do you want to explore, like all of those things. And the more you do that, I think the more likely you are to be able to really use sex Yes, in a way yes. that is a, like a proactive, like healing tool for yourself. Yes. Yeah, I I am fully, I am with you there. <laughs> All right, y'all see, we, we in this thing. We in it now. <laughs> are there um, any other things that you want to add to the who you are and what you do in the world? I think the other thing I would add is... Uh, did I say I'm a mom? That that like that yeah, I am a mom. So I am a full-time, and I always think this part is important. I'm a full-time single parent of an um only child, and I am an only child. So there's a lot of sort of mm -hmm. extra layers around those things and how they influence how I show up in the world, how I'm healing myself, um, my capacity as an entrepreneur, my capacity as a healer, my ability to have the sex life that I want to have, mm -hmm. all of those things. Um, and uh, so far, she's the greatest love of my life. And in, in that she's amazing and wonderful in ways that are really hard to sort of sometimes comprehend. And also me being her mother has elevated my ability to be, be myself, to own myself, to be um, sort of relentless in showing up for myself in all the best ways possible. So she is centrally important to me being this version of myself, the good and the bad um, at this point in my life. I'm so thankful that you named her gender because I was going to ask you that because I didn't fully understand this until my mother passed away. And when my mother passed away, I was like, shit, she was my mirror. So 
it there was a way that it impacted me. I mean, my brother had his own experience, right? Mm-hmm. And his own grief and version of loss or whatever. But for me, I felt almost like I was being inducted into like a secret society of daughters mm-hmm. who lost their mothers. Mm-hmm. Because there's something about you being a mirror. And I'm so I'm curious around, and you 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 touched on this, but I'm curious around how that responsibility also uh falls on your sexual freedom, your own liberation, your like in, in relationship to her. Yeah, uh, that's a that's a great question. Um, you know, uh, I think the best way to say it is being her mother created and and fuels a sense of urgency in me to live. Um, the most aligned and authentic life mm. because I just absolutely refuse for her to have any misperception of me. Mm. I don't want to be put on a pedestal. Mm. I don't want to be unavailable to her. Mm. Um, I don't want her to think that she has to diminish herself in any way because of how she, she, she sees me showing up in the world. And so there's always a little bit of really beautiful pressure for me to make sure that I am showing up as my best self. Mm -hmm. And because I have owned and not had any shame and, and really celebrated the fact that I was a highly sexual being from an early age, that part just came right along with it. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) So me and her father are not together. Um, We never were in a committed relationship like that. But when he found out that I was (laughs) pregnant and then we found out we were having a girl child, I remember uh, he look, him looking at me and going, she going to be a freak. And I said, <laughs> he, he's like, I know you, so I know what we've created. <laughs> what I heard that. <laughs> he was like, I'm a freak. Y'all has a freak. She going to be a freak. And I was like, well, we going to be raising a freak, right? <laughs> That's facts. That's facts. My brother said that when he had his first son, he was like, he's like, he's a Jabri. Like, how could, how could he not? Like, I know who I am. And he was like, shit, I know who you are. <laughs> how could he not be a hot ass mess? Just for real. Like, um, and that's it. One time, very recently, like three to four years ago, she was like, mama, how are we like the same person, but also like very different? And I'm like, that is the best. Like, we are the exact same person. And yet there are these other really specific ways that we show up very differently. But there's so much synergy um and to that point and again to like naturalize and normalize us being sexual beings hand to god Kyrie, there was a time when this girl was like two or three mm-hmm. and i was out it was me and another homegirl who had a um a son around my daughter's age so they were like playmates and so we it was a way for us to like hang out together and we, <laughs> we were at a restaurant and this fine ass brother came through the door and I clocked him and my friend clocked him and we noticed each other clocking him and then we looked and this little thing here was clocking him right along with us. <laughs> like from the door over all the way to his table and it, you know there's times as a parent where I'm like okay I got that like mama lens on and I think I see you know I'm seeing something that's not there but we look, I looked at her and then I looked up at my homegirl and then she looked at her and she was, she was like, Nikki, you got a whole problem on your hands. It was very clear. It was very clear. Very clear. I heard that. I heard that. 
I love it. It's so necessary. Um, I, you know, I have another podcast called the sexy side of size and Mm -hmm. I started one of the biggest reasons I started that is I wanted women to be able to have conversations about sex in their body. Because, um, when I was 25, I did the vagina monologues for the first time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, part of the the goal of the vagina monologues is not the performance, but it's the conversation and the education that comes along with it. So mm-hmm. we spent a lot of time in deep conversation around what, the content, right? Mm-hmm. And there's one specific one that talks about uh, my down there and the woman has like, a, I don't know if you've ever seen it or read it but she has a flood um, mm. she hurts. and she, she, she's embarrassed. And the guy, I think she was Jewish. And the guy was like, what, what, what the fuck is this? Like, what have you done? Mm. Or whatever. And she was embarrassed. And so she closed up shop. Um, and so what it made me want to do, because I was having these conversations and learning about women's sexuality mm-hmm. in a way that I had never understood, it made me want to go home and have conversations and, when I talked to my mom, I said something, I asked her something about an orgasm, having an orgasm. And she was like, I don't know. I think I have. And mm. she me up because I was like, what do you think? Like, I literally have been having orgasms since I was six or seven. Like, I have, I have an intimate relationship with my clit. Like, I think mm. when I hear about female genital mutilation, I'm like, what would I do if I didn't? My clit is my homegirl. <laughs> How could my mom, who had two kids and two marriages, mm-hmm. not know if she's had an orgasm? I said, then you, yeah. you haven't had it because that's something you wouldn't know. That, that's not a curie. That's not a maybe. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. And and for me, I remember having, I had having re- had really good sex, and thinking that like, oh, this is great. And then I had an organ. I was like, oh, 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 oh. that please. I yes, that <laughs> for sure. But but honestly, like your mom is the like perfect client for me. Mm-hmm. I I'm so like that 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 narrative which is way more true than we really ever talk about. It just like fuels me. So I'm like no we must fix this. Like I, I feel like very much on a personal crusade of like no 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 we must fix this and let's figure it out because you can get there. You you have access to that is very very rare that you cannot do that for any real physiological or hormonal reasons Mm -hmm. so we got to figure out what's going on up here that's preventing you from having that experience i'm sorry and i'm we we're gonna move on after this but uh it's just making me think you know my mother had cancer and there was this whole big thing in my family because they were like you're they found out that my stepfather cheated my mother was like, please. She was like, I gave him permission. He was trying to touch on me and I, I didn't want to be bothered, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> she was like, I'm thick, I'm in pain. I didn't want to be bothered. So I was like, I understand that this is important. You go on and do it. But she also told me that when she was, um, when like she would, they would go on vacation, right? This is pre-cancer. They would go on vacation. I guess post-cancer too, but they would go on vacation and he would, he wanted to have sex and she didn't want to. And he was like, well, well, what if I paid you? 
And so they negotiated a price. And so <laughs> they would fuck and he would leave money on the table. And that was her shopping kind of like, but it, your mama is a mess. Everything so I learned, like, right. But it's interesting to, there were all these ways that she was repressed and didn't have good sex, didn't enjoy mm-hmm. it probably mm-hmm. because there was no, her own exploration of her body. So therefore he, she chose men who had no exploration of her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but there's also this kind of like you were liberated enough to be like fucking for money within a marriage. Like, you know what I mean? Like there, there yeah. was, she still was free, which fed. So then I'm like, oh, okay, she didn't get this, but because of these pieces over here, I understand how I got to this place. Gotcha. You know, and I, so what I find is that a lot of times women, um, like that like your mother sex is a is a is a function it's it has a utilitarian purpose and so maybe for her pleasing her husband wasn't the utilitarian purpose but cash on the table like like i think if women can figure like make it a task make it a thing that they have to do to to be responsible for that gets them to the pathway of having sex easier but when i start talking about but what if you just want to suck his dick just because you want to suck his dick like what if that's just sexy just for that? Like, that's a whole different conversation, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, what if you just want to try this out because you saw it on, on some porn and it seemed like something happened for you downstairs and you were like, mm, let's try this. Like, let, it doesn't have to serve a purpose or a function. I think moving people in that mindset is a much more difficult way to go. Yes, and th- that is the... What do I even like first before yes. I, before he, she, they, whoever even comes into the into the the correct space or the process? Yep. Okay. Well, this is... <laughs> I feel like we haven't even gotten started, Carisha. I know. <laughs> this is just the beginning. This is just yes. Well, so I have I came up with like I was like we need a little fun like a little a fun. Oh, thing. that's right. Yes, 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 yes. Um. So this is my like tease. This is the, the sexual tease, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I have like a little word association. So I have five words that I came up with and I'm going to say them. And then I want you to tell me what comes to mind with it. All okay. right. Red. Ass. Ass. <laughs> ass. Oh, ass. Ass. Yeah. Ass, 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 ass. <laughs> All right. That made me, when you said that, that, that made me think of a thong. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, leather. Oh, um, sensuality. Like I just think about the smell and the feel and the sound. Mm. All the things that I thought together. about touching, like the way, like the way, the sensation of it on your body. Mm-hmm. Foot. No, thank you. <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. So is it no thank you? Like you don't want to touch the feet? You want you don't want them touching your feet? Both. I just oh. feel like for me, that's where my erogenous zone is. Right at that ankle. Stay away from my feet and I don't want to look at yours. <laughs> you know, I, I don't yuck anybody's jump. I don't get foot fetishes at all. You say check, please. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> It's so interesting because I don't, I don't, I definitely don't want to touch their feet. Like it's definitely not mine. Um, but there is the, you know, 
oftentimes guys don't uh ask they just do right mm-hmm. um but there are some moments like if you hitting it right say like you hitting it and my legs are like up in the air mm-hmm. and they, while they're fucking me then uh, they put my toe in their mouth they start sucking on the toe if it's a part of the package it's like oh <laughs> like <laughs> You and see, that takes me. I'm, I'm still like, no, because that I don't want your mouth on my mouth after my toe has been in your mouth. That just is. Oh, a, so it cuts your story short. It like, does. Mm. It is a hard limit for me. Wow. Okay. Okay. I. She say like, tie. Tie. Bondage. Like yes, mm-hmm. please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the other one is check please and tie is yes please yes please can I have some more <laughs> okay okay um, so you have been tied up before yes you like it I do I like I like um, restraints of any kind okay alright so you- like having my hands held together or actually um, being tied mm-hmm. um, I like the sort of like full weight mm-hmm. of a man on top of me mm-hmm. like that sort of cocooned restricted I don't know something about that mm. uh, are you the so you're the tie are you ever the tire I have not you know what I've re- very very recently sort of leaned more into like a switch mm-hmm. mentality I think I, it's so fascinating to me because it's interesting to think about like where I've been in, uh, where I have been mentally, like who I have been, the evolution of me at other times in my life where I would have been like dominance. No, thank you. I'm tired. I work too hard in every other place in my life. I want to turn off the, turn off my brain and fully submit in this space. And over the last couple of years, I've been like, but you know what? There is a lot of untapped power here that I get how fun this could be. So I have not had the opportunity at this point to be the tire, mm-hmm. but I could see, I, I could, I'm definitely curious. I would say that I am definitely, definitely curious. You know, I, I like women I, I consider myself bisexual although I think it's that's a it's it's interesting I think I'm really more sexually fluid as opposed to bisexual okay but I do enjoy having sex with women especially if I'm if it's with uh, a man as well mm-hmm. what I found is that women really want often with me I attract more like um bi-curious and femme girls and even though I'm more attracted to masculine uh, centered women but they want me to be dominant but I don't like it I'm really submissive so mm. I will do that but that's not what like gets my juice yeah yeah mm-hmm. and and it's so it's it, I mean it really was a revelation I was like well wait a minute I don't I don't mind this actually this I like this more than I thought that I would mm-hmm. um I don't I don't think I would ever become like a full-time dominant Mm. Although I have thought about maybe looking into some professional BDSM mm. stuff, because um, if I'm a, if I'm an explorer, why can't I get paid for it? It's kind of where my mindset. Listen, I say Amen in all of that. Yeah. So, um, in that space, but I think like 
let me say it this way. I do think that um, in the context of like a serious committed partnership, I would still be very submissive leaning. Mm -hmm. No, I, I, I'm with you. Can I just say this new little kitten is just like all over the place. She board. is in love with you. Yes. This is definitely my inner witch. <laughs> <laughs> You're I, familiar. I um, yes, but I already have one. My other familiar is she's um socially uh not awkward. What do you call it if you ain't fucking with nobody? Loop. Anti-social. <laughs> anti she's definitely anti-social. And she's like, why the fuck you got all these cats? Um, okay, my last word is love. Oh, ooh. Okay, you said word association. I'm going to say hard to come by. <laughs> <laughs> why you say that? Oh, Karishi, I just feel that we're in a iteration of time where like, intimacy is really lacking. Like, I think there's a lot of how our interactions are really more transactional than they are based in love. Mm. Um, I think that is sort of at the core of why we're as toxic and sick and, and hurting as we are as a collective. Mm -hmm. um, love requires a great deal of vulnerability and honesty. And I just don't think people out in the streets like that. Mm -hmm. I feel that, I, you know, one of my guilty pleasures, I watch a lot of TV and one of my shows is uh, Ready to Love. And um, I think a lot of times those people on it are highly problematic. But Tommy, one of the things he says is like, be clear whether you're sending your representative in or your authentic self, right? Mm -hmm. And I feel that, so I think like when you're saying that, the problem is that people are often moving with their representatives, mm -hmm. not their full mm -hmm. self. And as mm -hmm. such, they're like, um, that part of that love thing is that they're not having love because they're not moving in realness. And if you're somebody who's striving to do that, mm -hmm. it is exceptionally hard to find somebody. Even like, you know, when I, once I realized I'm not about to play games with guys. Like, I'm having direct quick conversations. Like, mm -hmm. let's cut through the minutiae. They don't know how to handle it. Deer in headlights. <clears throat> I will say, though, uh, uh, another thing about that, like, when you don't stand in your own realness, mm -hmm. then you don't have the grace for other people standing in theirs. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it can make everything sort of adversarial or there's an automatic right or wrong. Mm -hmm. But when you are fully in your authenticity and your human, your humanness, your humanity, shit is messy. Like, no, like, it's all great. It's all confusion. Mm -hmm. It's all dynamic. And if you really are clear about that for yourself, and you give yourself grace around that, to be in love with someone is to do that as well. And, and I think we get we get way too caught up in not having somebody play in my face and having boundaries and how people are going to treat you. And there is a level of self-respect that's required and dignity that's required to be in relationship. Mm -hmm. But you also got to recognize everybody can show up as the best version of themselves all day, every day, that people mess up. And we have to figure out how to be accountable to each other, how to allow people to have grace, how to have people even have like a fucking conversation around why they messed up. Because mm -hmm. we, our cutoff game is so strong these days. Mm-hmm. 
you know, it's interesting that you say that because I think that that's, as you're talking, I'm like, oh, that's the gift of BDSM. The gift of BDSM is that you're going to bring all the messy and this is a safe place to like, yes. to, to practice, to understand, to own it, to understand, you know what I mean? All of those mm-hmm. things. I think that that's, that's the greatest gift of yeah, BDSM, this kitten. <laughs> of BDSM. It's like, I, I have something to say. Yes. Right. And, and that it, it normalizes that that is fact, that this is why you have conversations about consent. This is why you get to ask the question that you like, like, okay, if you start to cry, then what? If you like, right, like, if you start to feel overwhelmed, then what? Like, what is your soft limit? What is your hard limit? Like, what if your body does something you didn't expect? Can we take a time out? Like, all the things that just normalizes that we're about to really experience some human shit and go and go to places never gone before. Even the uh, even the notion of aftercare, right? That mm-hmm. we're it, this process is going to open you up, no matter what our relationship dynamic is. It is going to mm-hmm. open you up, and that needs closure and care. And I think you see it in you know specifically you know even though I, I'm sexually fluid, I think I have, I, I'm heterosexual leaning. And in those, in those heterosexual relationships specifically, you, you hear this tension with men, with men, when women want uh, you to cuddle afterwards, right. Mm-hmm. And, and be present, all those things, but all of that is really aftercare. And because it's not framed like that, they see it as something that's problematic as opposed to something that is a necessary aspect of the of the process. You can't come in and be knocking around shit and opening up portals and stuff and not think that like that takes and then put your put your drawers and shoes on and be like, all right, I'll see you later. Yes. <laughs> but what happens with them? I ooh, ooh, ooh. Have you ever had the experience where they fuck you and then when they come, they immediately <gasps> It, and and they withdraw they're like mm-hmm. like emotionally like but it's because that portal is being opened up in them too and they don't know what to do yeah i had a i had a, a couple um client one time and he he would call it post nut clarity and i was like what and when he described it, i was like oh so the sex triggers your shit that you do not know how to deal with Yes. And that is why you shut down. And then that triggers her shit because she feels abandoned. Y'all got to stop doing that. Like you don't get to just run away because you didn't been bust wide open. Like you got to deal with shit. Listen, I used to fuck this young guy and before sex, he was so open and vulnerable and playful and touchy, loving, fun. Like, you know, just all the things sexually he was like I, I i would say he would like try to be enmeshed inside of me he mm-hmm. it was like it what do they say in um <laughs> in uh ha in um what is that the vampire movie in twilight he would try oh. to imprint like he imprinted <laughs> on me right that's what i felt like like he was consistently he, really what it was is he was playing with magic that he didn't understand, right? Mm-hmm. And and you have all of this greatness, which is making me like, oh my God. And then the moment he nutted, it will be like, oh, shit. and just like, like 
it was almost like invasion of the body snatchers, like another person. Mm-hmm. And he was gone. And the only reason I, I remember telling him, like, you can't do this with young girls. I barely know how to handle it because I'm fucking old, right? But she, you're going to have a parade of <laughs> girls like who are in love with you and who are search like, because you've tapped, not because you're so amazing, but because you've literally tapped in pieces of them and you ain't closing it up. You run away. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Um, I think that I think the other thing that I think we sort of lie to ourselves too, like, like you don't have to be in love with everybody that you have sex with, but you do need to own that you are having a shared intimate experience with somebody. And we could just say that like, that don't like, we're not going to catch feelings. I'm not trying to trap you in a relationship. We don't need to be talking about marriage. I don't need to know about what happened to you in eighth grade, but we can own that. We are real people, real humans having a real energetic exchange and experience. And that is okay. And also don't try to gaslight me after the experience is over. Like you didn't have an energetic exchange with me. Like, or if you're trying to withhold all of that and treat me like an object, don't think that I won't feel that, that I don't know that. And that I might have some feelings about that and ask you to do, <laughs> hey, 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 stop, stop that. What are we doing? Because I don't want that. I don't, I don't want to have sex done to me. I want to have sex with you. Yes. And all of that is energy exchange. Yes. Yes. Uh, it's so interesting that you say that because it's like, um, I just, when you said it, I've always kind of, I don't know if I rejected it, but I, I rejected for me the idea of, um, what do they say? Like womb, what do they call it? Like womb. The soul ties. Soul ties. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm always like, eh, eh. but that's what I think when you said it, I was like, oh, a soul tie is literally those, those openings that haven't been closed back up. You then having to go in. So I think I've learned pretty well because of how I move sexually how to like sew my own, like how to close my own up, mm-hmm. right? But I, but if you're not conscious of that, then you're literally walking around with a bunch of uh, spiritual openings. I can imagine like, how, like slits, um, mm-hmm. spiritual slits because they haven't, nobody's closed it up. And I think that when they so- talk about soul ties, that's literally what they're talking about. But they overlay it with this like, Patriarchal, Judeo, Judeo, but I mean, you know, they don't have that sort of yes, like punitive language, and of course, the woman is is the temptress and the one at fault and the victim, all of it. Yes, all the things. Yeah, yeah. Okay, what makes you special? I always struggle to answer this question. I hated this question, and I was like, "Why she making me do this?" (laughs) Because we need to know. You know what? So here's the thing. I don't know that I know. I don't doubt that I am, but I don't always understand my own sort of gifts. I don't always know how to articulate it. Like I, my experience of myself with other people is, I will say that, is that um, I am sort of this unique intersection of things that people don't expect to come together. Mm-hmm. And they oftentimes don't really know what to do with me. As a very sort of uh, specific example, like... <laughs> I had a friend 
another black woman. And one time she was like, Nikki, like, how are you like, like you? And I was like, I don't, what? <laughs> like, what's the question? And she was like, you're like an academic. Like, you clearly know your shit. You a scholar, but like, you real. And like, you know, like, you know, ghetto boys lyrics and like, you eat hot dogs. And <laughs> I was like, <laughs> but you got locks. <laughs> right? Like, those sorts of things that people don't oftentimes know what to do with me, that I can be sort of very intense and serious, but also be like hella, hella goofy and awkward. Yeah. Um, and that I, that, that when I sh sort of show up as my most sort of mm, in the most presence, right. When I'm not overthinking, I'm not sort of mm -hmm. strategizing or dissecting. Like I just flow through so many sort of seemingly contradictions uh, because it feels quite natural to me. So, and really the problem is the binary. What'd you say? I said, really, the problem is the idea of the binary. Like, you know, yes. people, I think, um, I, I, it's interesting. I wanted to talk to you about this, but uh, to see your take on it. But uh, I was talking to my homegirl before this and this cat done put something on me. Anyway, I was like, <laughs> what am I doing? Yes, I but I assumed it. it had something to do with the cat. I think she had like cat food on her foot. Anyways, um, I, I'm a I'm a cat a mom of a new kitten, y'all. So bear with me. But my homegirl and I were talking. She and she's so funny because she's like about to be 75. <laughs> so she uh she had seen on YouTube this discussion about um essence, and I guess NDRE chimed in, but they were talking about Janelle Monet, right? And so I don't fully like I've seen pieces I don't like participating in popular culture in a way because I don't like group think so I mm -hmm. so I tend to not like dive into these mm -hmm. but kind of like have the bits and pieces like I know enough to talk generally about it but not like all of the details right anyways so she was talking about and I was like oh it's Janelle Monae she was like how did you know and I was like I mean I've I've heard or whatever I saw the titty whatever I didn't know that NDRE had chimed in about it or what's she saying? She something to the effect of like, I'm never going to like down a sister sexuality or whatever, but I will say that context is important. I think the problem is because I told my friend, I said, really, there are two issues on the table. One issue is uh, whether or not Essence is a family uh, environment or not. Right. And there's, I don't think it's explicitly named. So you have, the twerking or the titty showing or whatever in this space where people also have their kids. And so Essence either needs to tell artists, no, this is a family-friendly environment. So, be, you know, your acts need to match or tell parents that this is not a family-friendly environment. You could bring your kids at your own risk or whatever, right? Like that, yeah. that, so that's one thing. But there's this other topic that's really like, I feel like fueling the conversation around like uh black women's sexuality and i think in that black women are not supposed to be sexually free black women are not supposed to be sexually uh um uh explorative mm -hmm. um, or expressive black women so once janelle monet came out because she came out as this kind of conscious whatever right like people are seeing her in that way they're not allowing for her to be conscious and sexual mm -hmm. or even thinking about the fact that she's not she's not young anymore she's 
getting older, her yeah. sexuality and parts of her that she's learning are emerging in a way mm-hmm. that they weren't maybe when she was younger. Maybe her willingness to show it is, you know, all of those things yes. are things that are present. And I think the most is similar to Janet Jackson and the whole like her mm-hmm. thing. Black women are not supposed to own their sexuality. Our sexuality is to be used and dictated by others. And how dare her? Also, the other piece is when we do, we are relegated to a very specific box. City girls, Trina, Meg the Stallion kind of skirts the line a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like, you either get to be that, what'd you say? I said, that's really because she's so pretty. So she gets to play with like femininity and things more. Yes. But so you either get to be that and you're none of the other things mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or you're all the other things that you don't get to be that. Mm-hmm. And, and that is one of the ways in which my specialness has mm-hmm. been an ongoing like challenge for me um, personally as a sexual being. Like, <laughs> like I legit remember being in... Um, it might have been eighth grade, possibly ninth grade. At lunch, I went to magnet schools um, in the South in, in, in Louisiana. And so there were always like a handful of Black kids. And so we usually sat at one, if if maybe two tables. And having so many conversations over the lunch table and hearing one time where um, somebody was like, ew, somebody, um, you know, white girls be doing blowjobs. Like they be putting their mouth on boys' dicks and stuff. And all the other girls were like, ew. And in my mind, I was like, hey, what is wrong with that? Like, why would we not want to try out that? That like, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but having a conscious awareness that like, oh, I can't be black and want these things, right? And then also being the really smart girl Mm-hmm. And once guys figuring out that I was smart, like I used quote unquote big words, then I was no longer sort of pursued sexually. Mm-hmm. So always like this dichotomy between things that I was like, I never asked to be split in this way. Like I just would like to show up as my very intellectual, conscious, spurious, slutty self. Like, can I have both of them? <laughs> like, like, why can't all of these words co- worlds come together? And so then it makes it interesting when you're in pursuit of love, because who is the person that's out there that you are authentically attracted to that can also hold all and match all of those parts of you? So, so a lot of my relationships lead with like sex and fucking because that energy I don't shy away from, I own. And so there's always this really interesting negotiation time of like, okay, can, can you or are you even interested in more beyond this slash you're not gonna quiet this down because now we're together i would never forget this dude that was like now you know if we like like if we commit and make this a thing like we're not gonna be having all the sex like we have it now and i was like like the record stopped and i was like do you how and i was like i kind of laughed he was like, no, I'm serious. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he was like, I'm just not like this with my ladies. What? When I said, do you think that's a selling point? Like, like, are you trying to play some like mind games and not get me to commit? Because why what's the enticement of me being in a relationship with you if you're telling me I'm gonna get less of what we have a good time with right about now? I, I, I literally don't get it. I have the experience of being 
of my sexual side is she there right um and either usually once they find out how sexual I am they don't know how to do anything else like that's the only place they want to stay and the guys I'm most attracted to are the ones that can bounce around with me right that I want to talk about jazz and travel and spirituality and sex and like and I want to keep coming back you know I want to go all around the world right yes and I remember I was talking to this guy I was trying to like I thought I really wanted a relationship. And so I was like, okay, how do you get a relationship? Okay, let me shift how I move. And this guy was pursuing me and I, ooh, he was so beautiful. And I was like, I was liking him. And we went out on a date instead of just kicking it um, and fucking. Because how he was moving with me was like, he wanted something intentional. So Mm -hmm. I said, let me kick back. And I I remember at the end of our date, we were kicking. It was so fun and cool and and uh we were like kissing and stuff and he was trying to go further and I said yo like we don't have to worry about my sexual side she here like she she know that she's here she's not going anywhere and as soon as we decide to take it there she's like in it right mm-hmm. but until like but but I I want I want you to learn all the other parts of me mm-hmm. and let's develop that and then we can get there and his whole shit with me shifted. I think the next time we kicked it, we had sex and then it was like a wrap, but it was because he wasn't being honest. Yep. He he was moving with me like he wanted a relationship, but he was yep. thinking that that's what I wanted. And all he really wanted was sex. And I was like, what? You could just Baby, I have been down 100. that road. <laughs> I've been down that road so many times so many times and and this is the weird sort of sort of like paradoxical mind space right around you having a really clear consistent understanding of yourself but the world reflecting something different to you repeatedly you have no choice but to start to say well wait like am I communicating something I don't mean to communicate am I missing something it really starts to do this sort of internal mind fuckery. And then there's sort of like a level of, at least for me, like a le- level of like way more caution or suspicion at the outset than, than feels naturally true for me. But it is that because I'm like, which one is it? Like, like, are you just being funny and nice and like want to talk about other things because you really just want to fuck? But if that's what you want to do, we could do that, but you also need to do that with me as a human being and with respect and consideration. Like, like all of these dichotomies just don't make sense to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. What's your favorite sexual word? Suck. You see the smile it brings to my face. Suck. <laughs> I heard that. I, t- I tell people, look, I'm an Aries. Aries is the baby of the Zodiac. Babies like things in their mouth. I like dick. I like titties. I like fingers. I like clits. I like to suck on things. I heard that. <laughs> Why suck? Uh, One, because also I do like to suck on things. But I'm a cancer. <laughs> I don't know what that's about. Um, I don't know. Maybe I got weaned too early. I don't know. Maybe Freud has something to go. I don't, I don't know. Um. But also for me, like, <laughs> also I can't, I really can't have like a sort of juvenile um, 
like mentality or sense of humor. Like I can't hear the word and not think about something sexual. Like it just automatically like I go there all the time. Um, and I think like uh, like I love fucking. Like I love penetration. Don't get me wrong, but the all the other juicy stuff that comes before and after and in between involves sucking of something of some kind and that's the stuff that is like the really heightened erotic stuff like I remember you told me you were like I thought cancers were freaks but no so you were like somebody some people are freaks but cancer y'all just nasty <laughs> nasty nasty like like I fuck like I would do I'm an adventurous I'm gonna do all kinds of things y'all are nasty y'all do that stuff that I'm like mm. <laughs> I didn't even I didn't even know and you like it <laughs> love it I love it and so I don't know suck is suck is there with me like I'm, I want to put my mouth in all kinds of places and I want yours in all kinds of places I heard that I think with cancers it's like uh y'all are like um anything worth doing is worth doing well so you are going to do it <laughs> if we're here Listen, and it was so interesting. Like when I first started getting in like the online dating space, um, dating app space, and guys would kind of be like, Well, what are you into? What do you like? And I I like I like that's a stupid question. Like I said I wanted to fuck. Like, what what do you mean? Like, like once I say that, then it's whatever. It's like all <laughs> it's all the things. <laughs> so I was like, oh, people have very like specific things that they do and don't do and like, well, okay, interesting, interesting. <laughs> you know, it's interesting when I got online, especially because I have on there bisexual, this is going to sound so bad, but I was like, I don't know how guys, heterosexual men have sex with heterosexual women because women are kind of difficult to engage it's like they really want to be they want relationships but I don't give a fuck I'm not only, like no you understand what I'm saying I'm not looking for a boyfriend on tinder like I'm for sex on tinder but to get women to a point where they're like meeting in person and dating I was like ooh, if I was a man I understand I, this is really bad but I almost understand some of the layers of game because how do you get them? Because when I'm engaging them, mm -hmm. I think I've had one woman that I've actually met in person where we went on a date. It was Dutch and then we never had sex. But I'm like, how do you get... <clears throat> how much of that do you think is how the women are actually showing up or how they think they're supposed to show up in the space? I think it's a hundred percent how they're socialized. And I, I don't, I don't even think it's just about how they think they're supposed to be in the space. I think. Hmm. Let me say this. One of the things I want to, I, I want to do in the world. I don't know if I'll ever do it, but. Um, I, I have, I have a lot of relations like sexual interactions with men who have uh, women um or um are in relationships or whatever right mm -hmm. and one of the big things that they always say is that she don't suck my dick <laughs> right or um she's not the they they like they love them or they like them or whatever but they're not sexually fulfilled right yeah they're 
also a way that like men are um fragmented so it, when they're with me i almost serve as like the muse the relationship counselor so we talk about like their stuff so that yeah. i can give him perspective about how he's showing up make him understand her better so that hopefully their thing is better right because i ain't trying to take you from your woman and um but I'm a safe space. So then I can help kind of mend that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think about like, uh, did you ever watch the TV show Eve? Yeah. TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. yes. So there is an episode of Eve where, or several episodes where Eve is and her homegirls are like at like a Mardi Gras kind of thing. And they show their titties and they get these necklaces or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, JT or whatever his name is, his mm-hmm. parents come to visit and they, the, even her girls got recorded without their knowing. And when they got recorded, um, like it was on TV at the moment that JT's parents were walking in. So they were seeing mm-hmm. it. So their introduction to Eve was her titties being fl- her flashing mm-hmm. and her parents are, you know, his parents are in uproar or whatever. And JT's father told him, he said, son, there's girls you want that you play with. And there's mm-hmm. girls you married. Mm-hmm. she's a girl that you play with. And so they end up breaking up for a while. I don't know if you remember, they broke up for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reality is that that's not true. That the reality is you want some because she was his part. He was his his mat, match. Yeah. You want something who see who can play with all the parts of you as opposed to these fractions, these fragments. Mm-hmm. And I think that men seek relation, they seek good girls because they're the ones that you marry, but there's no sexual connection or whatever there. And women are in search of marriage and they're told to to marry you have to be this kind of person so you have these people who are not matched yeah because because they're told not to to bring the fullness right right and i think i think we're saying the same thing i i don't always know though how much conscious awareness let me say this sometimes i think there's more conscious awareness and maybe that's coming from my experience where i have tried to be this version, the whole reason why <clears throat> me and the guy that I mentioned before even got as far as we did because I was doing some dimming down version of myself. I was, mm. I was being more submissive. I was being more placating. I was biting my tongue a lot. I was doing all of that stuff because the thought at that time was this is how you have to show up so you could get a man. Um, and so I oftentimes wonder how consciously aware women are that they're doing this, that they're playing these games. And some of the shit I see on social media leads me to believe they are consciously aware. I hear what I, it's all socialization. I agree with that. But sometimes I think there's way more manipulation of the socialization and and sort of playing games that happens on the woman's side to her own detriment, right? Because the goal is to be chosen. Y'all can talk about pick me's all day long. The the average heterosexual woman is socialized to be picked, to be married, to, to have a man decide that he wants to be with her. And and one's ability to be married is a status symbol for adulthood and class and all sorts of stuff still to this day, right? Um, and so n- we're not immune to that stuff. 
even if we don't fully buy into it. And I think for women like me and for you, because we're consciously like opting out or like that's not even a possibility for us. People don't, men in particular, they don't know what to do. They literally don't know what to do with us. Like, how am I supposed to show up? But I, so I agree with that. I agree with all of that. I, here's the thing though. I think that there's kind of like this simultaneous thing that happens because, you know, my whole life, I spent a lot of my life feeling rejected because I wasn't in relationship and I, I was never chosen. And what I finally got to maybe in the last couple of years is I was the one, like I did it. I, I'm running this game subconsciously because mm-hmm. I don't want to be in a relationship, but I bought into this social shit that says mm-hmm. that that's where happiness lives and that's what you want, all of this stuff. And I'm watching people around me. And, and so then I, but I, that's why I like unavailable men because I can play the game and I can get the little mm-hmm. fun stuff and then I can have my freedom. But, mm-hmm. but that I, it was so like, aha and wow, when I realized that I was the one who was running this subconsciously as opposed mm-hmm. to having this thing happen to me. And if mm-hmm. I would have been aware of that as a kid or or so much younger, I would have saved myself a lot of hurt and scars because I would have understood that's not even what I really want. Right. Like yeah. I want, I want freedom. And I also think that my primary relationships because of it are with women. They're not with men. Mm-hmm. They're my emotional, all of that is with women. So, you know what I mean? But so even with me being different, there's still a way that in my psychology, I thought because of socialization that this is how I'm supposed to be. And I wasn't trying to play her games, but I was still playing a game because I was, there's a, you know, I just wasn't aware. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How do you describe yourself sexually? Uh, I think I put something on there. Uh, <laughs> Which is true. I feel like I'm like a slutty uh, demisexual. And, and I think it like pulls up. What does head. that mean? Does it exist? But look, I tried to get on an app last year and tried to label myself as demisexual. And then I was like, what is this shit? This is not what I mean. But like, <laughs> uh, what guy are you getting? Like, I know they're like demisex. Like, it was very confusing. Mm-hmm. They didn't know what I didn't know. So, so this goes back to sort of that like paradox or, or non-binary, whatever mm-hmm. way we want to describe me. And so um, I still can be a little shy at the beginning. Like I can be, I can be a little bit like, mm, I don't know if I can say the thing out loud or if I can do the thing immediately like that. But once I know like, oh, you're legitimately into me and I'm legitimately into you, then it's all better off. But that that connection has to be there. And I haven't found a good way to really describe it because I think sometimes people hear connection, they mean like there's a spark or there's commitment or you there's like the beginning of some romantic. And that's not always it for me, but there has to be something like, I have to know that you see me as a person, right? Like I can't be objectified. Mm. Um, and if I know that you see me as a person and I like what I see you in the person, then the sky's the limit. So I don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, for me, it's also much easier for me to say, I'm like almost as heterosexual as you get. Like I have friends that are like, you sure you're not a little bit queer? You don't want to tap into your queer side because mm-hmm. these men, 
And I'm like, I just really, really loved it. Like, I don't, like, I've, I've seen a couple masculine slash almost androgynous looking women that I've been like, she's cute. Like, oh, okay. Oh, I can see like me having a crush on you. But the idea of being sexual with them, like it goes wah, wah, wah. Like that just isn't there for me. So I'm pretty, pretty, pretty heterosexual. Um, and um, definitely kinky. And honestly, I think, I don't know. I didn't even have language for that stuff until like really late in life, like probably embarrassingly late in life. But I was like, oh, not everybody does this shit when they have sex. Like this is, oh, this is different. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea. I thought this this was the package. I thought this was the base plan. I just thought this was that is hilarious. <laughs> I'm in. Meanwhile, you're doing all kind of wild shit. <laughs> you think that's what people do? No. <laughs> like. Like I was well into my thirties, where I was like, "Hmm, okay." Um, which, like, no disrespect to anybody's like sex and what brings them pleasure, but like, you don't want to be choked. Like, why? Like, what? <laughs> why would you not want that? Um, so funny. Yeah. So, and then under that spectrum, I have like a like some kinks. Like, definitely love like we mentioned before, bondage or like being restrained, I like a lot of impact play. Um, um, I, I, I hate to say that I have a pain kink because I don't really think I'm all the way there, but I do get a little bit excited from pain. I get there, There's some pleasure there. Um, huh? I said slightly masochistic. Yes, just, just slightly. Mm. Um, um, My mind. Oh, uh, there's there's a bit of an exhibitionist um, mm -hmm. in me. Um, definitely have like a um, I, I have like a degradation slash pain praise kink. Like they, they need to both sort of happen together. <laughs> like, um, I think those are like my major boxes that I would check. Check, yeah, yeah. You should take the BDSM test. I'm gonna send it to you. Oh, I had my results. Oh, did you do it? Yes. I, and actually, um, although I've never, there's stuff on there that I've never done, but I'm really, really curious about. But here, here it comes, here comes in these gender dynamic things where I don't really know how it play out. But I definitely have like um a really strong um like prey, like that primal play. And I think that probably goes back to your cancers y'all just do everything anything like mm -hmm. that's exciting for me but i ain't never been with nobody that i was like i really trust you trust you like that to do that to do that right um and then oh i think when i'm like when which is also again rare when i am in like a like real serious relationship like we're really clear i like a little consensual non-consent i like a little Ooh, where did that come from? <laughs> you just gonna bend me over here? Okay, let's do it. Yeah, I think I, I think for me, there's a way that um I give you consent in the beginning, 
and then mm -hmm. that's content. <laughs> like, yes, if we get to something that is a no, I'm gonna let you know. But and and until I say no, it's like all systems go. Yeah. yeah. So I think some of it is the ride. Some of it is like, I don't even know. I I there's a level of submission in me that's like depending on the right guy, you might get me to do all kind of wild shit that I never even considered. But because energetically you have that, yep, you can make me. You can yes. make me go there. So I love that Jill Scott that says you can't when she says you can't make me do nothing but if you can you can't make me do something but if you can make me do something you can make me do something and I'm like yes that <laughs> yes 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 that yeah like I am dominant so much in my life but I love like make make me bring the little this is gonna sound bad but like bring the little girl out of me make me want to just okay <laughs> that like uh, there's a that it is a different headspace. Like, um, I really, I really uh, would like to see some functional MRIs, uh, like for people when they're playing, like in all different sorts of kinky and um, BDSM sort of spaces. Cause there's something happening in your brain that is quite, quite different. Like everything feels a little bit brighter and sharper and like, oh, what's gonna happen next? Like it's a level of yes. excitement that you cannot yes. create by yourself like i was watching this video i put i think i posted it on my timeline um on instagram but this woman is talking about like guys have to be ready for feminine women and she was saying that they're always asking for um a feminine woman and it and but it they say that, that that's what they want but if they're not ready for it um they'll abuse her they'll 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 do harm mm -hmm. But it's because she's like, if there's a level of self-work that you have to do to be able to handle her correctly. Mm -hmm. And because they're expecting a woman that's like, nah, 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 motherfucker, you know what I mean? Yes. Um, and, um, but to that, she was saying, it also like bothers her that conversation around women need to be more feminine. Cause she's like, what you're telling me is that you're not masculine. Because femininity responds to masculinity. Yep. So the more masculine, you authentically masculine, not like the forced masculine, not like the patriarchal bullshit, but like authentically masculine you are, the more my feminine is. So for me, like, I don't see myself as super feminine, um, but I'm submissive and I'm not just given submission. It has to be earned, which means that you have to authentically be masculine. And the more masculine you are, the more you call that out of me. And it's like a, it, it's like a, one of these kids is doing their own thing. Like it is, it is an automatic like, oh, okay, yes, sir. No, I'm going to just sit here. All right, whatever. What do I need to do? Okay. Am I talking too much? I will be quiet. Like that, I don't have to overthink it. It is just like a zoop. It is a it is a thing. Um, and they wear it well. Like there's not an arrogance attached to it. There's there's a humility attached to it. There's a comfort attached to it. There's a confidence attached to it. It's not uh it's not affected, it's not pretending, it is and and that's the part about the energy piece that I think you really have to pay attention to. Yep. What's your favorite or like your greatest sexual passion? 
I still don't know how I'm supposed to answer this question, Tyrese. What you tell me? Oh, okay. I, I remember what you said. What the fuck I was supposed to my friend, it's funny because I, I was going through it with my homegirl, the, the one that's about to be 75, and she was like, uh, what does that mean? Yes. <laughs> she was like the same reaction. So that I had to, and she was like, oh, okay, okay, got it. Um, my greatest sexual passion. This is what Kyrie she told me I was supposed to. No, not like she fed me the words, but how I'm supposed to answer the question. <laughs> I was like, I want as many women, and particularly black women, to be as this conversant and open and empowered and and adventurous about their sexuality as this conversation is like I would like for this conversation to not be taboo I actually would like to really live in a way more sex positive society I would like to be able to pay for ads for my coaching and therapy services and classes and all the things on meta without them having to police me because they automatically associate sex with like something explicit or like derivative or wrong like I just really want us to be in a more sexually open space um I want I want women to be more um embodied in their pleasure have greater access to their pleasure without shame without like having to unlearn shit like that that is my greatest passion um and also because I think it would just make a much more exciting life for me generally speaking like I want to live in that world like I've, I've been thinking lately going back to Janelle Monet. like I want to I want my life to look like the Janelle Monet video because these videos she's been putting out I'm like this this right here booty yeah. cheeks out people sucking and licking on things cocktails wow. flowing pools like good times music dancing I that's like whatever thing whatever I can do and my part to move us closer to that is what is what is my greatest sexual passion. I heard that, you know, it's it's the idea. And I hope people can hear this, but you cannot be in search of liberation for black folks, for women, for queer folks, for goats, for eat the earth. You cannot be in search of liberation and be sexually bond, uh, bound. Thanks cannot like it is core to who you are you start at the root chakra <laughs> you know what i mean you can't get there without starting there yes and, yes and people need to understand there is a distinct relationship um and we can't we definitely can't do it individually but we can't move as a people as a group a unit if we're not like so everybody has to because because then we're just recreating a black version of what already exists because the root of why all of this shit is fucked up is like heterosexual patriarchy capitalism like all of those things are repressions of that sexual energy of sensuality of being embodied of like letting pleasure be in existence for pleasure's sake yes. that is all so much in opposition to that and i don't want a black version of this i want to be actually liberated Yo, my homegirl said, okay, so one of the things that I love about uh, practicing Ifa, one of the things that they say in Ifa is that you're healing yourself. You're healing six generations back and six generations forward, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I love that like idea that like some of the, some of the things that happened to me are not, you know, when people think about like karma or whatever, they're not necessarily my own personal sins or whatever. Right. But it's yep. shit I got to clear up for my great, great, great uncle or whatever. Right. Yeah. Uh, also, so that my 
great, great, great niece is, is, is free. Right. So I like that piece. But then my homegirl was saying the other day, something she was like, you know, cause my uterus was in my mom when she was in my grandmother. Mm-hmm. Right. And so then I started like doing the math of how many uteruses mm-hmm. were in, and, you know, essentially it's genetic memory. But if you think about it that way and you start thinking about, well, what happened to that uterus? My great, my grandmother, my grandmother was picking, started picking cotton at five. Mm-hmm. So then that tells, and I've been in terms of giving her grace and like mm-hmm. healing and working on this, starting to think about like, well, what kind of personality is formed if you're picking cotton at five? Who was she must, who, who must she? And, and it was, she was only there because she didn't want to be in a house babysitting her sister who was mm-hmm. like, she was five. <laughs> and then, so the option was stay in the house and babysit your, your two or three-year-old sister. Yeah. Everybody else is in the field or you strap on a tie and sack and go to the field, right? Mm-hmm. You're alone in this house. Who has access to you? Mm-hmm. So I just started. So if you're thinking about these wombs in that context, what is the trauma? What is the shit that those wombs had that they are then? 100% passing on to you and part of our duty of getting sexually free is that we're clearing that shit up so that this shit moves free yep and and that happens so the 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 word that you're describing is uh the word that they study to describe what you're talking about is called epigenetics so Mm -hmm. that that trans that actual genetic transmission of Mm -hmm what was occurring in the environment that influenced the body that carried the body that carried you in. And so what the research shows is you actually have way more genetically in alignment with your grandmother than your mother, because your mother's, your the eggs that your mother carried were forming while she was in your grandmother's womb right mm-hmm. so the things impacting her you get it exactly right like the actual stressors in her life the things that she had access to the things that caused her to feel not seen not valued the pathways that were close to her mm-hmm. all of that stuff the food she ate the air she breathed all of that stuff mm-hmm. has way more impact on you right now genetically than actually your mother but there's also the social component of living in your mother's home and living under her care and all of the sort of social, interpersonal, whatever sort of wounds that get created there. So for Black folks in particular, we got it coming, like we got it coming backwards and forwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see that happening. So I, you know, obviously I understand ancestral reference. So I think about these things, I think maybe more keenly than than other folks necessarily, but I'm actually seeing it actively happen in my life as I continue to do this work, as I continue to do my own work. I have, I, I can tell you that my mother has shifted and changed and mm. grown in the past five years because the past five years I've been like actively heavily leaning into my own therapy work and like really, mm intentionally choosing to live in alignment with what I want, even when it's scary, even when there is no model for it, but I keep choosing me. The more I do that, the more that woman shows up in a way that we have never been closer. We're now at a place now where she called, where she tells me sex stories, sex jokes. We can laugh about it 
that was not happening before where I get to be really vulnerable with her about my fears and my challenges. And like, she meets me in the conversation with no judgment where she just holds space for me. I've never had that before. Mm. And then with this little one, the, me and this little one have conversations that I never got to have with my mom because I'm, I'm a set and established reality that we just talk about all the things and you need to be honest with me about all the things and I'm honest with you to the level that your you know 11 year old brain can understand right mm-hmm. um and her being at school um two years ago she was at school and this little white boy was like why are you always like singing and dancing like why are you always like that and my baby said without like missing it she was like because it brings me pleasure and pleasure is my birthright and like him yeah, right <laughs> Come, come on, come, come through pleasure because pleasure is my birth. That should be another t-shirt because pleasure is my birthright. What? Like, she's going to say so that. She, she's going to be, her trajectory is going to be so different than mine because, you know, she's starting at a different baseline. So all of that is absolutely true. And I, it, it is also why I like, to me, there's nothing like it's so sad to me that there's so many women in marriages in relationships and that whole part of themselves is just dormant or atrophied or it's just like relegated to the bottom of the list and I'm like but why though like why it don't have to be like that so your child sacrificed as a form of love and so for me to really love you I'm sacrificing it's interesting what you're talking about um do you ever watch have you ever watched the marvelous mrs mazel you you be watching them amazon shows it's got too many white people in there Kyrie. i mean it's a white show it's for sure a white show <laughs> <laughs> um i have it was like kind of interesting to me like i would see like little clips and i was like i should watch that and so finally, I've been like binge watching like a lot of shows. And so I was like, all right, let me do this. And I did it and I loved it. But they're um, they're like Jewish, like uh, uh, I think they're Upper East Side Jewish folks that are opposite wasps. Right. Mm. So they're that kind of Jewish go to like a summer country club, summer summer camps, full family for the. Um, like every summer there's a love there's a level of money and access and all these things businesses and like right but they're Jewish and so then there's also uh trauma and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, oppression and things that you know it's all of that mixed in there but um this woman has this experience um and she ends up becoming a comedian right mm-hmm. Um, I think they said they modeled it after like Joan Rivers or something, but she ends up a comedian. And, but there are these upper East side, proper Jewish women, I'm Jewish folks. And like, what are the women supposed to be? And how are they supposed to be? Mm -hmm. And she like breaks the rules by becoming um, a comedian, but really it was her form of therapy. Right. Mm -hmm. She had this experience and, and her answer to it was comedy. And, but as she's doing it, she's like learning all these other things about herself and like whatever, right? And her doing that had this direct impact on her mother. And now mm-hmm. there are certain things that her mother can't do or live with that she used to be able to live with, but her daughter has kind of freed her. And <laughs> and 
her mother makes like these drastic decisions that fuck up the family and the mother blames her. She's like, this is your fault because mm. you, because you broke this mold, you kind of forced me to break. I wasn't even thinking about this shit. Before. Right. <laughs> but now I'm feeling yeah. this is your, this is your you fault. You covered all of this shit. Yes. So <laughs> I, that's, that's what I was thinking about when you said it. All right. Now, yes. I got two more questions for you. This is, this is like the one. This is the one. Okay. You ready? Okay. I got to read it. What is a first time freaky or transformative moment in your sexual sexual life that made an impact on who you are sexually? So a first time, a freaky or a transformative mm-hmm. moment. So the same guy that I talked about before was, <laughs> was the guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's the one. He's the one. And and so so he's the one. And it wasn't until after him that was when like language around like kinky and BDSM. And I was like, that's what that shit was? Because I don't think we really knew <laughs> mm-hmm. what it was. Um so um I was in my very early 30s, 31, maybe 32, and went to this spoken word event, saw this guy pull up i was i was outside in front so this guy pulled up i was like hmm, hello turns out he was one of the spoken word artists now fast forward he's trash like no he's a horrible spoken word artist but <laughs> at the time baby i was wide open and so i did something that i really rarely did like i i've, I've never been like the pursuer or the aggressor but um I was like, I'm not gonna let this opportunity pass me by. So, th- and then I'm dating myself. So this was early 2000s, yeah, 2005, 2007, something like that. Mm-hmm. And so I wrote a note on, I wrote a little note with my number, and put it on the windshield of the car I saw him pull up in. And he called me, and I was like, Yes, I will come over to your hotel room in the middle of the night, strange person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And there was something very empowering about me putting myself out there and having that be like met, right? With like appreciation. And it was cool. We kicked it for a long time Mm -hmm. that night, talked about a whole bunch of stuff. And then he, I mean, he played it perfectly right, right? Because, and then he was like, well, I got to start getting ready to pack to get to the airport. Do you want to come to my room? And I was like, Long as you don't try to kill me, I will come. <laughs> you promise not to try to kill me. I heard that. <laughs> I just, listen, I want I want to show up sexually and free. I don't want to die because of it. I don't want to die. I try to get this dick. Um, and we had a really wonderful experience. And we didn't even have penetration sex that night. It was like just a really epic experience. We kept in touch. And I think what made it really great was like, it was long distance. So we had to be intentional about getting together. Mm-hmm. We also had to like be intentional about keeping it going. So that's when like, I sort of realized like, oh, there's like a little voyeur, uh, like ex- exhibitionist streak in me. Like this, I'm dating myself really good. Like we would get on Skype, right? Like this is how long ago it was. <laughs> like I mean, we had to get that computer set Tell up. How old you are without telling me how old you are to get the laptop like and he was the one that was like go out and get a camera and I was like because my computer didn't have a camera mm-hmm. like go get the camera we're gonna do this and so I, I like learned so much about my 
body in a new way through that experience. And then when we got together, it was always like a lot of new heat, mm-hmm. like just instant, like, let's get at it. Um, you had, it had been building up. Yes. And so, so many things I did with him for the first time, like, um, like being really spanked while having sex and like realizing like, oh, this isn't just like a thing they do on porn. Like I get it right. And like different types mm-hmm. of impact play, playing around with that, playing around with bondage, um, a lot of like a lot of power dynamics in our sexual relationship, mm-hmm. even a little bit of like domestic servitude, which I didn't even know was a thing, but like mm-hmm. me being excited to like, let me iron your shirts and lift, like all of that. Like I went all in. <laughs> like, let me be a good little girl. So you like, can be Exactly, my exactly. Um, you know, like semi-public sex, like all the things. Um and like it really was like a blueprint for me because my other sexual relationship before, like I had been in a relationship with this guy that I would probably say was like the first love of my life. But we were in college. I was like 19. And it was very much like, like put on um, the quiet storm and slow jams. And it was like making love. Like it was very much all of that. Like, it was the sensual part. It was the sensual stuff. And it was good. Like, don't get me wrong. It was good sex. But he would have, that guy would have never done the things to and with me that this guy did and that that like opened up a whole uh, just a whole other like level unlocked um for me. <laughs> you got to see yourself i really got to see myself um and be embodied in my like be embodied in pleasure in a transcendent way like a like i'm not stressing out about whether i'm perfect or not i'm not worried about what my body looks like I'm not thinking about all the responsibilities I have. I'm not thinking about whether I'm a good girl or what are you going to think? Like, I'm just here. All bets are off because this shit is amazing. And I want to sort of stay in this headspace. I heard that. Um, oh, um, you made me think, uh, you know, I'm a part of this BDSM group community here in, in Houston. And um, one of the... Th- I, I, one of the things I love when we get together is that the women, you know, part of why more women aren't free is that there's often a cost, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that cost can be as big as getting raped and violated, mm-hmm. but it also can look like, um, you know, men will say like, uh, I want you to do this. And then when you do that, being penalized for being her, right? Yep. Um, and so there's there's often like cost or, you know, there are times when I have to be very conscious about how much of her I let out because mm-hmm. the men will then feel like it's about them and there's not a respect there, right? right. And how they touch me, uh, engage me in the space, right? So then it's kind of, oh, no, 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 let me keep because they don't, mm-hmm. but it is something so beautiful about being in a space where you can be as nasty, as free, as exploratory as you want. Mm-hmm. Everybody present. And there's a level of respect. Um, your sluttiness is seen as, as goddess uh, behavior. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not just appreciated. It's like encouraged, right? Mm-hmm. And then, the, and then the next day, there's a like, oh, that shit was fun, like, like celebration of it. Yes. And like the 
what it did for them. And this is like men, women, everybody's mm -hmm. kind of like um, celebrating it and their safety in that. It's not going to get out. I'm not going right. to differently. I'm not going to be othered. I'm not going to lose my partner because we're in this space mm -hmm. and I want to like suck another guy's dick or uh, have this woman eat my pussy or, you know, whatever those things are, mm -hmm. I can do that in the safety of this. And that I, I've never had that before in a space where that to me, that is like very, very beautiful. Yeah, it is. I, it's, it's liberating, right? It's a, it's affirming. Um, and it's, I don't know. It does, it, it's like the word I use over and over again. It's like, it's such a much more expansive way of mm -hmm. being in your community, being in relationship, being yourself. It's like, oh, I'm not in the box. Actually, the whole playground belongs to all of us. And Mm -hmm. what you like like if you want to go play on the swings that's cool I don't really like that I want to do this double dutch over here and everybody's having a good time right like it's not like one way is better than the other way or like you know we got to do about these rules it's just yeah we, we are in this thing together mm -hmm. all right so my last question is what is on your sexual bucket list uh, and only you could get me to talk about this on a podcast that's <laughs> around the world. <laughs> but I figured uh, I'm 49 and I'm grown and I didn't say whatever I want to say now. I heard that. Okay. I've earned it. I have earned it. Uh, this is, oh, this is on my bucket list. Um, I would like to have a threesome, but with two dudes. I don't, I don't want another woman. That feels like too much work. And I want to be very. <laughs> it can be. I'm not interested because um, there's that gender shit and, and it just and I want to be the center of attention um, and if if there's a public play exhibitionist sort of element to it that like um, a like little a bit of like a, but also like a little bit of that like possessive this is mine you can't touch but you can mm. look that like like uh, an explicit element of that that would be like the cherry on top. All right. I want you to know, without telling me, you just told me so much about you. <laughs> That's like, what I said. Only you can get me to have this conversation. <laughs> like if I had some questions, like that answered some of my questions. Just so we're clear. Just so we're clear. I look, I think people's sexual preferences says a lot about all other parts of them for sure. So. Um, so, so are yeah. there any last like sexual lingerings or things you want to you want to leave the people with that is a good question um I think as a reminder to me and for everybody else like stop waiting for permission like yes that's on my sexual bucket list but it's also like a very possible plausible reality right mm -hmm. like stop waiting for permission or reaching some space in your life or being in the right relationship or whatever to really get curious about and honor who you are as a sexual being. Even if that's you starting at the building block and saying, I really don't know. Like, I don't know where to start, but I want to prioritize this for myself. Mm -hmm. Just just go for it and do it. Um, you know, when you are in a safe 
space, right? Like when it's sex for the sake of sex, not about power, not about trauma, not about rape, right? Nobody's you mm. misusing you. But when you're in the in a right space, um, it really is a much better way to be in the world and in your life. And it can open up your understanding about yourself in ways that you cannot get any other way. Like you're not going to be able to tap into that thing any other way. And so let yourself have it. Yes, 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 yes. Pleasure is life. Yes. Love that. All right. So if people wanted to, um, you know, get, get in contact with you, um, uh, take you up on some of your services or just follow you online and that, that yes. beautiful community you're building, how do they do that? So you can find me um, most directly on Instagram at Dr. Nikki Knows, D-R-N-I-K-K-I-K-N-O-W-S. Um, I say that I'm also on TikTok as Dr. Nikki Sex Therapist. TikTok mm-hmm. is a whole different vibe. People don't really connect with me on TikTok. Um, and feel free to also, if you're interested in booking services with me, um, that's drnickynose.com. So I'm pretty easy to find. Um, and I have a variety of things. I have a guided erotic meditation at the lowest mm-hmm. sort of price point or end of working with me. I have a couple free downloadables on my website as well. If you want to work with me around coaching or individual therapy, couples therapy. I have a self-paced course that I just launched. I have a retreat that I do for um, women. So there's lots of different ways to connect with me and intersect with me. If you don't know which one is the right one for you, just hit me up in my DMs on Instagram. I'm always happy to have a conversation with you. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, I have loved this conversation. I knew me it was going to be good. <laughs> I knew it was going to be good. I knew that you were like, as soon as I thought about this podcast, I was like, who is going to be my first? And I thought about you and I said, mm. Nikki's the perfect person to pop my cherry. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I've appreciated it. I appreciate you. And I can't wait to talk to you again. Thank you so much for having me. It was it was a joy. And, and bring me back anytime. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And if y'all want me, you can get me on Instagram at too much woman for this world. The number two, much woman, the number four, this world. And that's it, y'all. We out.